Hello, everyone. This is Lord Alfred Hayes speaking to you from the Brothers in Kayfabe video control. I'm very pleased to host the next program in the official B.I.K. home video series on outstanding individuals. And ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for your main event in this corner from parts unknown coming in at a combined weight of 532 pounds the j Brown express and in this corner utilizing the free bird rule your tag team champions of the world at a combined weight of 832 pounds the brothers in k Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Brothers in Kayfabe podcast. I am one of your aforementioned Brothers in Kayfabe, El Gigante, Jake Keel, and I'm holding in my hand one of the beers that was thrown at Matt Cardona this week at GCW. It's still cold. Um, <laughs> Two... My left, holding on to the tag rope. The man with the plan, the man with all the wrestling knowledge in his head. The new world order version of Professor Wrestling. What's going on, Landon? Yo, what's going on, Jake? You know, every time I wear this NWO shirt that my wife got me for my birthday, which, by the way, like, Wrestling fan dream come true that my wife got me an NWO shirt. Oh, dude. Uh, but every time I wear it, I wish I had the NWO trucker hat to wear. I just, anytime I wear anything NWO, like I just feel like I need to be going like, dude, right through wherever I'm at. <clears throat> we need to get leather jackets. And just spray paint NWO on the back and just walk around obnoxiously bothering people in black fingerless gloves. Dude, that would be that would be so much fun. I gave a little gave a little something for the Patreon members, but uh <laughs> like always, I've got Ras the wrestling app on in the background. And they just referred to the Heart Foundation as Brett and Anvil. And that's it. And it was Brett with two T's. I'm trying to get a picture of what I'm watching. I've had a TV sitting here for months, but I just now have it set up uh, with the DVD player. So I've got, I'm going to post a picture of it in the Facebook group, but I've got Vengeance 2006 playing. Oh, love that. Opening match is Kurt Angle versus Orton, which is a one-night stand rematch. Yeah, they keep on showing the... uh, They keep showing the crowd. And... It's weird seeing them spell Brett with two Ts, number one. Mm -hmm. But, like, even the crowd members have, have signs that have Brett with two Ts on it. And... But they also have signs that say, heart is a tart. That's it. Like, 
gotta love the eighties, man. Like I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. So what's going on, man? Like we kind of just went off the radar hey. right away. It's we're, dangerous when you have wrestling going on while know, we're doing it. I know it's, you know, <clears throat> but, uh, man, we, this is a special episode. We weren't supposed to have a full pod this week. It is. So, uh, we're going to get into this here in a little bit with our special guest. Cause we do have a special guest today. No, this doesn't count as one of our regular pods. Um, instead of a confession of a wrestling tape trader or, a Mr. Wrestling historical deep dive. We've got kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, a walkthrough of your week, really, um, and our weekend together. And we've got some special footage. Uh, maybe I'll throw some of that in here for us. But we've also got something special that just went live today, Monday. So if you're listening to the pod today, which is Tuesday for you guys, it's already been up. Maybe you've already seen it. Jake, you want to talk about what that vlog is? So Patreon only <clears throat> exclusive. Um, our first ever like full vlog. It was me and my wife in Dallas. Uh, going to some toy stores, went to Bucky's. And, of course, going to AEW. And then my main man, Landon, over here, me and him, in our attempt to go to a local wrestling show. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, it was it, it's a good video. Mr. Landon over there uh, edited it together. Um, my wife was kind of getting mad at me for having my phone out filming all weekend. But, hey, hey it, it paid was, off. It was a lot of fun. So. I'm trying uh, he, to be the Paul Heyman of the Brothers in Cafe podcast and do all levels of the production on my own from the basement. Just don't just don't mess with our finances. We'll see. You know. What you don't know is there are other podcasts keeping us afloat right now. Yeah, you know. There's a there's a few other there's <clears throat> there's one other big podcast that's keeping us afloat and we we won't name it. Until about 20 years from now. Yeah. Once I've left you in the dust and you're dealt yeah. with all the horrible yeah. financial situations, I'll be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I've been working with them forever. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's been a re it was a really fun week. Um, there's a lot to talk about. And the man that we're going to bring in uh, was part of that week. He, he was, was able to uh he was he was able to do everything that I did um minus some of the toy stores and everything and uh so he was at uh AW in Dallas and he also joined us uh for the vlog ski at the end so um I think we just need to go ahead and bring him in what I do you think, think we do I think we absolutely bring him in so uh, he has been notified. Uh, let's welcome in our let's special guest. Our special guest, Mr. Roger Stokes. And there he is. The collecting hey Raj himself. What's up, guys? What's up, Roger? 
Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Just a bunch of major marks in the in the Zoom cat chat right now, and it is it is a bunch of major marks and some quite handsome, beautiful bearded men. Might I add? You're not wrong. There's You're a lot of beard wrong. in this room. Well, including... Okay, well, there's, there's there's two big beards and there's baby beard, but that's neither. neither and then, hey, I'm I'm trying to point at it on the screen. You've got a fourth beard, Doctor Death, Steve Williams joining us today, right here. I've often been told I look like I'm uh, Dr. Death's nephew. So, you know, there's that. But, uh, Raj, how you doing today, man? Man, I am. Uh, I'm good. I am definitely good. Hoping to survive these storms. But, you know, that's uh, neither here nor there. As you all know, we are from Oklahoma City. And so is Roger. He lives in Arcadia, which is right outside of Oklahoma City. And it is currently... Uh, a pop-up storm right now. There, It was not forecasted to rain. In fact, it was supposed to be over 100 degrees today. And now... Which it, it was. Side note, it was. It was side note. That is <laughs> that is Oklahoma right there. But um, it is so... It is storming so bad that my dog is currently freaking out at my feet. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things. But, uh, Roger, uh, just for the folks at home that don't know you like we do, tell... Tell uh, everybody about yourself a little bit. Hey, yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, as the guys have said, my name is Roger, and um, I've been born and raised in Oklahoma. Um, it's weird. I don't really know how to describe myself necessarily. Uh, old soul, maybe, but yet uh, a giant child. If you see behind me uh, all the toys and everything in my d- details behind me, I have pretty much completely myself in the hobby now um i grew up uh, in the toy and comic business uh helping my dad as a kid and uh it kind of overtook uh my life growing up necessarily and outside of taking a little bit of a break uh for you know typical late teenage years and uh dumb decisions in high school i mean it's pretty much you know the hobby of comics and toys yeah. and and even wrestling have uh, just been kind of been part of my life. And in fact, fun fact, and I've actually told you about this, Jake, but um, my parents are also diehard wrestling fans. So diehard, in fact, that the week I was born, um, instead of being at home with me, they were at a Mid-South uh, set of, uh, uh, I'm not sure if they were tapings or not, but I still have the actual um, flyer from that event showing the card from that night uh, from the Myriad uh, so the week I was born, instead of being at home with me, they were out watching uh, No My Holy Cornet in the Midnight fighting the Rock and Roll Express or something that week. I'd have to pull up that uh, that flyer again, but I, I do have it from that week, and it's kind of ridiculous to think, oh, so that's what you guys were doing. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, fresh out the womb, and you guys were hanging out at Myriad watching Mid-South Wrestling. Well, I mean, it was that just means it was meant to be for you to be a wrestling fan. So I mean, it would it would have to be. Uh, it's nice to know that um, the handiwork of were was such a uh, fan favorite of my parents that they decided to <laughs> let me hang out at home while they went to go uh, partake. So that's uh, cool. But yeah, I uh, always been a lifelong wrestling fan, and, and uh, it's now kind of bled over into my hobby of toys and stuff. So that's why, as you can see behind me, that's. What I do, you know, I I do uh, YouTube videos where I unbox things, do pack openings, reviews, uh, and of course, I just now started up a podcast this week as well, 
under the same name. I've pretty much tried to brand all my stuff under the Collecting Raj brand yeah. in order to make it easy for people. It's hard enough to get them to remember that name, but at the same time, I don't know, I'm kind of partial to it. So my Instagram, same thing, Collecting Raj. YouTube is there. I don't have a Facebook page for it. Um, I try a little bit of my personal life, somewhat separate from my business. Uh, but Instagram, I'm easy find and also through YouTube, pretty easy as well. So basically, you want to keep kayfabe. Mm, absolutely. I got a, I got a kayfabe, brother. Hey, brothers and kayfabe. Hey, we're all about right. kayfabe here. That's right. It's, uh, it's in the title. So I'm totally down for it. So you mentioned one of my favorite things about you, the fact that your parents were like such big Mid-South fans. And like, I'm a huge Mid-South fan, but of course was not alive for Mid-South. But, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's just a really crazy story that they decided to leave you home as a week-year-old baby to go yeah. watch Mid-South at the Myriad in Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Which is that's stupendous. Like, yeah, and it's funny the scrapbook that's actually got all that stuff in it. Like, I, I literally can see it across the room from me, and I'm like itching to just go grab it and start spewing word soup all over the screen. <laughs> okay, hear hear me out. Do we Uh-oh. do a mid south deep dive at some point? I would love to. Um, Absolutely. It's funny from that '80s era. It's so weird because a lot of people, you know, are fond of you know, that late 80s WWF stuff. But me, um, and, and Jake's pretty well aware of this too. Like, I love Mid-South, and I love, like, Crockett, like, 85, 86. Like, that, speaking that's... speaking my love language. Dude, it's, that's so <clears throat> just right up my alley. I love that, that era of both Mid-South and Crockett, which, of course, you know, there was crossover obviously with flair in those areas because of the ties with the NWA. So yeah, it just, man, all that stuff was so good for me. Like late eighties, WWF actually wasn't uh, really my cup of tea. Uh, it was more like, you know, 89 was really kind of the tipping point for me, maybe 88 a little bit, but uh, I was actually more of a, a fan of the early nineties, you know, and then of course attitude era, like everybody else was, but uh, in the eighties, my heart belongs to mid South and the NWA. Well, I've said it once and I've, I'll say it again. Like my children, whenever they first get introduced to wrestling, will only be able to watch old mid South tapes uh, oh, until, yeah. until they learn the difference between right and wrong. Until they understand <laughs> how horrible of a commentator Joel Watts really is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> once they, once they agree with that, then they can start watching new stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they, they have to be able to set through that. St- and it's so funny because my kids, they'll see me watching that stuff and they'll go, this is so boring. And it's like, that's the problem with kids now in terms of wrestling is that they're so used to all of the ups and, and high spots. And um, I guess you can call the garbage wrestling uh, that, you know, snatching a headlock doesn't do it for them. Once they once they can truly appreciate some deep arm drags, oh yeah, then they can watch some flippy dippy stuff. Oh yeah, no, I actually got myself um, a couple of weeks ago because I took my youngest son with me. We went on a trip somewhere. I I think it was when we went to Tulsa, and um, I had Cornet on in the car. Oh boy! And my wife knows where that was going, and because uh, you know, usually Sunday mornings I'll listen. 
making breakfast. So she knows what's up with that end of things. And I happened to have it on the car. I had it low enough. I didn't think my son would hear it. He had his headphones on. He was on his tablet. But we get home, and the first thing he goes is, Big Roger was listening to Jim Cornette on the way to Tulsa. And you would have thought I shot my wife's dog. She was so angry. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because he, yeah, exactly. And and my son, he's like, why does he have such a problem with all this new stuff? And then I just sat there and we went into like a 45 minute dialogue in the car about the differences between, you know, old school wrestling and, you know, modern day stuff. And uh, I don't know, it's weird having those conversations with him because I can preach it all day long and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other i mean i can i'm not one to say i'm a purist and i'm about nothing but old school style wrestling because you know i enjoy modern stuff too there's no way around it you know you have to kind of expand your thinking on it a little bit um but yeah i i definitely do appreciate both ends of the spectrum when it comes to the wrestling stuff we're definitely we're about to reach the first generation of people who will not enjoy any Shawn Michaels stuff because he only uh, does a single super kick. Uh breaks my heart. Or it's like when whenever he does a moonsault off the top rope, it's like, well, how come he only rotated once? <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 and that was the thing. Um, is that was another conversation is I was watching a I was watching a Magnum TA match in the living room and Nate comes goes he beat him with a belly to belly it's like yeah <laughs> back then that back then that was a hot move brother and that, that 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 crowd vamp for a second i'll be right back hey if you if you uh, do it well enough you only need one i mean there you go you got popped it's all man that's what i told him i was like it's like would you just look at it would you just look at it is how he popped the hips that's yeah. how it's done and I mean, and that's, and that's something else too, is that through really trying to catch up, you know, thanks to also through like YouTube is being able to go back and watch a lot of that old, like Crockett stuff is man, you get such an appreciation for guys like Magnum TA. I mean, holy cow, like so good. And in, in a way it's, it's kind of, you know, sad because you watch it and cause you know how things end up going for him, especially, especially like right now, like I'm grinding through 86, um, because I also listen to Happen When and Tony and Conrad kind of recap it week by week. And so I've been trying to keep up with them so I can kind of watch it along with them and, you know, get, you know, Tony's commentary on it. Because that's kind of a cool thing is that, you know, Tony was there for it. And um, as much as I like the Attitude Era, I was actually more of a Nitro kid. Uh-oh. And, yeah. And, and Shivani was uh, more, I would say, more of a voice in my childhood than jim ross was but i don't know i just remember more sound bites from him oddly enough i also did a lot a lot of like w i did also watch a lot of wcw saturday night when i was a kid you know with the ring in the on the rotating platform which was like the goofiest thing ever but i was a kid i was like that's amazing i need i need and so i'd i'd watch that and surfer sting and all that stuff so yeah love it I'm uh, currently moving my office around and Dottie noticed that her dog bed was sitting up on top of some boxes. And she was like, uh, looking up at it, like I'm going to climb up there. So it's like, <laughs> I should probably put that on the ground before she knocks everything over. So yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But, okay. Uh, I just want you guys to know, 
like I mentioned, I'm watching Vengeance 2006. Yeah. And obviously, I have the volume turned off. And so I have no context of what is going on. But currently, Vince is cartoonishly and angrily yelling and waving his arms and screaming backstage in a suit to a kid in a wheelchair in a DX shirt. <laughs> and now the whole hype is this is, you know, the early stages of the McMahons versus DX. And uh, I can all, I can only imagine what is being said by Vince right now too. Oh, so right now he just like pulled up, like put his hands on the armrest of the wheelchair started yelling in the kid's face. And I think he's about, he's got his hands on the back of the wheelchair. Yep. And he literally just pushed him out the door. Oh, I gave him the writer treatment. And I am. Yeah, exactly. And I guarantee if I were to turn the audio on, there would be the sound of wheelchairs crashing. That's awful. Alternatively right now on my screen through the wrestling app, uh, captain Lou Albano is, consoling George the Animal Steel. He's got his head right here, and he's just patting his head like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Animal. It's fine. Oh, now we got some rock and wrestling coming on. That's great. Hey, beautiful. But uh, but yeah, man, like, uh, so we 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 brought Raj on to talk a little bit about uh, his, his podcast and his uh, YouTube channel. But of course, we brought him on because of the fact that he had about the same kind of trip that I did this week. Yeah. At least the major points were all the same. And so, uh, Roger, you were also at AAW, and I figured we would talk a little bit about uh, how great that show was. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, so I, I knew it was going to be a hot crowd. Obviously, I mean, pretty much even WWE event right now, the crowds are just insanely into everything just because you know we've all been kind of locked away for so long it's like that going on so i expect it to be hot but man like honestly uh, i've not been in a live crowd that hot since the last time i was at mania and honestly this crowd was even hotter than that one i've never been in a crowd that hot yeah no it was it was insane from top to bottom like even you know at the later end of the night an elevation was being recorded uh even then i mean it, it doled down a little bit but even then like you know the crowd was still getting into it like it was really cool to see that for you know basically we were there for about five and a half hours pretty close that just i mean man the people were just hot all night it was really cool i wasn't there but it makes me wonder historically oklahoma wrestling shows have been quiet the last several years especially wwe shows so I wonder uh, with WWE coming in to Tulsa in July and Oklahoma City in August, it makes me wonder, are they going? Oh, well, I guess they're both coming in August. Uh, but it makes me wonder what those crowds are going to sound like. Because historically, it's just quiet the entire time well, outside of I, maybe I, a hot moment or two. Well, here's the thing is um, I've been to a lot of WWE shows here in the state. And I wouldn't even honestly think it's Oklahoma crowds necessarily. I would think it's more the product that's in front of the crowds. Yeah. For instance, uh, so I've been to two Ring of Honor shows here. Uh, One I went to at the Myriad uh, or Cox Center now. 
I uh, went to that maybe two or three years ago. Bucks were there. Cody was yep. there. Marty Skrull was there. And that crowd was hot, hot, hot all night. Granted, smaller crowd, substantially smaller crowd, hot all night. And I do really feel like the uh, intensity from the crowd. I mean, Grant, right now it's a circumstance, but I think on a normal basis, it really is dependent on the product that's in front of them. And unfortunately, for the last five or six years, in my personal opinion, obviously my opinion, but WWE's general product live, especially because of all the commercial breaks and just all the dead air they have in there, it's hard for that crowd to keep that momentum going all night. And it really does uh, make it a lot like I'm not like I just won't go to WWE live events anymore because there's such a drag for me to set through. Well, I was at that same ROH show. Uh, mm-hmm. That is where me and Amanda got our claim to fame, where we were on ROH TV uh, because they we were right by the entranceway. So, nice. Your brother famous now. Look at that. Yeah. You know, my uh, one of our friends, Tad, shout out to Tad. He's a real good brother. Uh, got involved with the Briscoes entrance because Tad is also missing uh, teeth in the front of his mouth. And he has one nice. of those, he has one of the retainers that like looks like teeth. And so he popped it out. And as the Briscoes were coming by, he went, oh, I like that. And got one of them to break character because they were both heels. Got one of them oh, to really? start laughing. Like he had to turn away because he started laughing. And oh, wow. uh, we were, we were all right there next to him and everything. But like that, the difference in those, I think, is your ROH and your AEW is going to draw a different crowd than a WWE show. Absolutely. The little kids, for the most part, don't care about ROH. Yep. You know what I would love to see live? I looked over at the screen and Umaga was having an open challenge and Eugene answered it. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So Eugene answered it and he started waving at the back. And Hacksaw came out. Then they both started waving at the back. And then Doink the Clown came out. And now Kamala is coming out. Oh, oh wow. <clears throat> like, what? why can't I see that live? Why and, do I have to sit a, through and, six and, man tags? And there's a little fun fact is that I actually really enjoy Nick Densmore's work. I think he's tremendous. Oh, he's incredible at everything he does, whether, you know, it's him being Nick Densmore or if it's him being Eugene. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Like it's it's incredible. I mean, you've heard Cornette talk about, you know, how he and Nick training everybody in OVW. OVW, yep. And then they call him up, completely change his character, and it's like you you just killed my biggest heel. Well, and they, and they did that to a lot of the guys, you know, big in OVW. I mean, like they did to I think it was Doug Basham, I believe it was. They you know he had a head full of hair and all this stuff looked great, and then brought him up made him chop his hair off and and that was it and he's like well you could at least call he's got a you know hair versus hair angle or something out of yeah, it yeah exactly yeah um, they did it to santino too he was mm-hmm. a russian character yeah he was like yep. a russian mma assassin or something like yeah, that. yeah and mm-hmm. they brought him up as santino marella yep so, yeah i uh i don't know it's weird i have and i mean and it may be in the majority at this point but for the longest time, I've just 
been very sour on them bringing up anybody either from another company or from developmental because more often than not, they just, you know, they, it seems like wasted time to be <clears throat> perfectly honest. It, now, it, go ahead, Jake. No, go ahead. I'm going to get us off, off that topic. So, Oh, I was going to say, uh, to me, it seems like no matter what they've done, unless Vince is personally the one bringing them in, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can even see with AJ as well. Uh, whenever they get to main roster WWE, it's like they're starting from scratch. They're starting from ground up. And a lot of times, I think some guys can get lost in the shuffle. I think there's some guys uh -huh. who have done it. But then, you know, on the same hand, you know, bad creative is bad creative. If yep, it's yep. like, well, they're just not taking advantage of their opportunity. And it's like, well if they're not given anything they can succeed with, if your job is to go out there and, hey, do this, do a character so unbelievable that there's no way you could ever draw money if you even tried. Quick it's sidebar. Like, Did you put a helmet on Dr. Death? Yeah. You're killing me. I Stop. It needs of, to be a foot, bro, it needs to be a football helmet, though, man. Come it was on. One of, it was one of Goldberg's helmets. Except it needs to be a football helmet. <laughs> You know, that whole like football helmet stuff with him and Duggan in Mid-South? Exactly. Come on, man. But uh, I I can't remember. And Landon brought up six-man tags. Did, was there a single six-man tag at the AEW show? Uh, there was um, for Elevation. Okay, because see, I left after a couple of the matches in Elevation. Yeah, or at least I thought there was one for Elevation. I don't know little foggy once like now that last like hour stretch hit i was starting to know i was getting real bad you know car lag and it was, it was starting to settle in on me ants, um ants in your I, pants i believe there wasn't well, even just that just i was just tired we just you know long drive down really much time to kind of relax it was pretty much boom 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 back to the show and uh it was just it was getting kind of late and starting to, to, to wear in on me but I believe there was a six-man tag. I'll have to kind of obviously consult the the recording, but uh, it, it's dude, that show was so good. No way around it. That that was probably the that was probably my 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 favorite wrestling show I've ever been to. I think uh, the only thing that would even come close would be Mania. I just pulled up the um the match listing, and there was one single six-man tag the entire night which kind of goes against like the aw brand because they're just known for a lot of six-man uh, tags yeah there's a lot of factions for sure but it was a uh, gun club and brock anderson versus That's Chandler hopkins cameron yep. cole and izzy james so yeah and uh brock was in the match the for the majority of the match it's really cool to hear, you know, that Arn's son is is up there and getting a real good shot at everything. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, I know, uh, you know, you brought your kids. I took my wife, and like you're saying, it's just a it was just a hot, hot room, and it, not temperature wise. Like I mean, it was warm, but uh, oh, I was you know, comfortable. Like, <laughs> but the uh, the crowd was just insane the entire All night. night. Oh. The people that were over, like, you don't realize after a year and a half of no crowds, who's over. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know who's over with yourself, but, like, 
I didn't realize Britt Baker was that over. Like, mm. I would argue she probably got the pop of the night, in my I would th- opinion. I, I would think so. I mean, we, we spoiler is it is the time window for spoilers at this point for, for the show for AW Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I uh, yeah, I know some people are weird about that kind of. Stuff. I'm not trying to overstep my bounds. Uh, yeah, I would say she had the biggest pop of the night. I think the only thing that maybe come close to it would have been either when they announced Archer as the winner. Yeah. Or when Mox come out. Uh, I mean, it, it's a real close tie for, for that. The crowd went nuts whenever Mox came out like that. Oh, yeah. It was hot in there whenever he was coming out. Yeah. But when that, 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 that title change went down, though, dude, whew. That place blew up, and I was right there with them, man. Like, I haven't popped out loud like that just at a show since uh, Cardona won the IC title in that ladder match of Mania. Which is one of uh, Mr. Landon's favorite WrestleMania Dude, moments. It was, it, it was my it was my favorite night at the moment of that whole night. Well, for me. It, was, it was so unexpected. Yeah. Um, the labor of being a Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona fan is... I know he's not going to win the big matches. And to have that happen so organically and so surprisingly, a uh, friend of the podcast, Ethan, um, uh, we were watching it together and he was, he's the reason I'm a Zack Ryder fan. Cause in my mind, I was just like, Oh yeah, that's one of the majors. I remember watching them debut on ECW. Like it was, <laughs> it was cool. And seeing his reaction to when Zack Ryder won, I was like, okay, like I'm a Zack Ryder fan for life now. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like we're talking about the deathmatch King, of course. Yeah. The greatest deathmatch wrestler to ever live. We got (laughs) Matt Cardona, Mick Foley, Terry Funk. That's right. <laughs> but um, you know, it what were your thoughts about the show as a whole, Roger? Like I, I don't remember a bad match the entire night. And that's the thing, is uh, and that was something else that really stood out to me is that every match, even like the undercards, good. Like I didn't they're going, God, can we get to the bathroom break match? Right. You know, you know, I mean, you're gonna get that with almost every show you go to. Um, and I did not find myself in that spot. Um, it was every match. Like I, you know, I had my, had me hooked in, like it was great. And then next and the crowd definitely helps. And that crowd is that into it. I mean, it really adds to, um, how much you enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of it too, was just being able to see a lot of, you know, faces you've never gotten to see live necessarily too. Yeah. Uh, you've seen them on dynamite and, you know, dark for the last year year and a half but you've never really seen them in person necessarily and i think getting to see it like dude like seeing the loser bros and Pac was awesome and me i'm such a lance archer guy dude i i I was marking out so hard just when he came out and uh yeah i uh i really just man it was easily worth that drive and the money i mean without if if, if they were to announce they're gonna be here next week i would Go cut off my left arm and sell it to make sure I got tickets to go to that show because I know it would be good. That's the thing. And I and I I told people about this that man, if you have a chance to go to an AEW show, go. It's so good. 
I mean, it's just the 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 atmosphere is great. Everybody's there to enjoy what's going on, not to just not to be they, like. For instance, when I go to a WWE show, a live event, uh, for one, I'll an actual live event because it's not taped. You don't have all the commercials yeah. and all that rigmarole. Uh, while all uh, taping or SmackDown taping, those are such. But you you it's weird. You almost feel like when you're there that especially like people that are there with their kids or nephews or whatever, that a lot of the people that are there are there on an album, not because they want to be there. Right. If that makes sense. And so they don't have that interaction. They don't have that, that, that enjoyment. And of course they add, they don't, they're not adding to the pop of the crowd. And I didn't feel like anybody that I could see there just, you know, gave off that vibe of I'm happy to be here. Like, I don't want to be here, you know? And I just, I really enjoyed that. It was so cool. Hey, well, I'll have you know, I love it whenever a wrestler makes their entrance. And by the time they make the bottom of the ramp, they turn the lights off, play an advertisement for WWE (laughs) and Cricket Wireless. And then all of a sudden, they fade the music back in. And then the wrestler goes from standing still to finishing their entrance. That's my favorite part of wrestling. Oh, I mean, I know that whenever that happens to me, like I just feel every fiber of my soul light up like it's Christmas. It's just ever. I can't. I I I, I wish they had charged me triple for such a great experience. Exactly. <laughs> so you're talking about people that you've never seen. This is confession time. Yeah, I've been to probably ten WWE shows in my life. I mean, not a lot of them. This is the first time I've ever seen Chris Jericho live. I've never seen him cut a promo. I've never seen him in a match. Nothing. So, you know, I think it was the first time for me, too, if I can recall. Didn't he wrestle at uh, Dallas? At Mania? Yeah, I don't. Not that year, I don't think. I mean, he may. If he did, I don't remember it. Like, it was. If, I, if he did, it was so un, un you know rememberable because it it wasn't the Kevin, it wasn't the Kevin Owens year. No, I it wasn't. Think that was was that a was that AJ? AJ? Mm. I think it was. I'm looking it up right now. I'm pulling up the card. That's the only thing I can yes. think of. Chris Jericho AJ. defeats AJ by pinfall. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah, because Team Y2AJ imploded. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The I Mega Y2J explodes. The The only time I've ever seen Jericho live was it may have been that 2008 Raw uh, whenever Punk cashed in for the title. I don't know if Jericho wrestled, but he was definitely on uh, the show that night because I bought a Jericho shirt. It's the only Jericho shirt I've ever owned. And I was like, oh man, like I finally got the one he's been wearing on TV. And that night he came out in a new t shirt. And I was like, oh, okay. See, I've only ever wanted to own one Jericho <coughs> shirt. And that was the Monday night Jericho shirt. It's yeah. the only one you need. But of course, you know, that's because I was a Nitro kid. And I was all, dude, that was like my favorite version of Jericho, even to this day, was just that dweeby little conspiracy theory sling and dude ralph is dude man armbar are oh man i love like i said everything about that run of jared down my favorite like 
even compared to current stuff or in the last like you know i'd say seven eight years that that era is still hands down my favorite there's just no way around it roger you want to know what my favorite wcw match of all time is oh okay i gotta hear this what is it ralphus versus norman smiley for the hardcore championship okay we can't be friends <laughs> <laughs> have y'all heard jericho talk about ralphus oh yeah oh and yeah he's just like a trucker that worked for wcw or something and he's just like hey let's bring this guy on and then like a week later he was using wrestling terms and like was asking when he was going to be booked and all this stuff and i was just like this is ridiculous well it's like the miz well, is dad go ahead he, he the miz's dad does the same thing somebody i can't remember um maybe it was mark maybe it was mark sterling somebody like that whenever uh, they did the spot at Mania a couple of years ago where it's Miz versus Shane and Shane beats up Miz's dad. Whoever the extra talent was that was walking the Miz's dad, you know, to a safe location, Miz's dad was like trying to tell the guy like, hey, like keep kayfabe. Like we're supposed to be injured. Like you, you need to help me. We need to walk slower. And the guy's <laughs> like, hey, we're just supposed to get you out of sight from the crowd. And they get back there and the guy's getting ready to, you know, walk back to catering and Mrs. Dad's like, Hey, what are you doing? We, we can't go. The match isn't off it. And he's like, but we're done. Do you not know how this business works? And oh my goodness. Like, that's what that's I love. Awesome. What were you going to say, Roger, originally? Well, I was going to say is that if that's your favorite WCW match, I think I might trump you with that one. Uh, mine would probably be um, the finger poke of doom. Hey, there you go. Hogan versus Nash. I will say after uh, last week, I watched, I think it's 2003-ish, whenever WWE did their first Monday Night War documentary. Yeah. Recently just watched that. And I think wrestling fans nowadays, like the people who weren't around for uh, WCW in it, in its peak, they don't understand how good it actually was. And there was a reason it was so dominant for, for so long, which not to, not to be the sad boy, but to see like what wrestling ratings were then versus what wrestling ratings are. I mean, we did an episode on what could we ever see pro wrestling get above, you know, a three again or above a four. Well, we'll see, and I've actually got a pretty solid um, viewpoint on that. So ratings are still based on, you know, Nielsen boxes a lot of the time, things like that. But okay. So they're not, I don't think they have a way of really accounting for people who are watching things through their tablets, their cell phones, their Roku devices, their fire sticks. Uh, as far as I know, Nielsen has no access to really those numbers necessarily. Right. And so I think if you actually had access to those numbers, I don't think the numbers would be that far off now currently to be fair, because if you're talking, okay, so if dynamite's hitting, you know, 1.1 mil, okay. That's through a Nielsen box. More people than not like myself included. I quit using cable a long time ago and I use sling for my cable service and that's all through your internet, through your device, whatever. And I don't think they have a way of accounting for that. So I really don't think the numbers are as low as, you know, the Nielsen numbers give off. And I think it really gives a bad misconception. And I also think that's why a lot of 
WWE especially isn't worried about ratings necessarily because I think they know that too. They know that what they're looking at is more, you know, what the commercial sponsors are doing, the demographics, things like that. As long as they're hitting key points in those, the overall rating number to them, for the most part, is fairly irrelevant unless they're dipping below a million. You know, um, obviously Dynamite, you know, pretty frequently is below a million. But again, I think if you actually factored in, um, you know, third-party devices and viewing, I think, you know, they're probably easily hitting, you know, 1.5 or 2, if not maybe more, because, I mean, Dynamite is a hot product, despite, you know, what, you know, the direct Nielsen ratings may, you know. Y'all didn't let me tell you my favorite WCW moment. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't hit me. I'm kidding. Don't hit me. I'm so sorry. So It better be Ed Ferrara as Oklahoma on commentary. Dude, so y'all want to know what my favorite WCW moment was? When Vince McMahon bought that piss hat company. Oh, <laughs> would you stop it? I love that. Jake, would been, you stop? Jake has been an informant for Dave Meltzer and WWE God, this whole you, time. You're, God, you're such a mark. Way to go, Jake. Such a mark. Yeah, you Meltzer mark. Get out of here. I feel I feel very much like Hulkamania is breathing through me with this headband. It is so. You it, know, it, just, it is either that or you're just gonna you see a two by four. You can be like the second coming of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. There so, you go. But uh, anyway, back to AW. Now that we've gone completely <laughs> off the rails, back to fighter. Wow, Fest. dude, it's constant with this podcast. We're always uh, you know, off the rails. You're talking to the guy who has the attention span of the most. ADD riddled child. It gets bad. Like I cannot stay on subject for any length of reason unless I have a sheet in front of me that says bullet points. There you go. And that's it. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Stop that. I can't drink a beer without uh start, oh, start yawning. So killing me. Um I was gonna ask what what was your favorite match and what was your favorite moment? Of the night, oh, because they're two very different things. No, they absolutely are. I agree, and I I can almost tell you that every show I've ever been to live, uh, there's always a difference between the two for sure for me. Um, so my favorite moment of the night, <laughs> this is going to be stupid. It was probably the first time I saw Tony Schiavone in the ring. Hey, that was cool. Like, like I saw Tony, and the crowd was chanting for him, and I just, man, I love Tony so much. He's just. Man, it, it's so great to see him back in the wrestling space again, considering he completely disconnected. You did know, you, I mean, did you see the guy with the lowest rules? Oh, absolutely. Sign? And he absolutely. also had a lowest rules T-shirt on that looked like a Hulk rules shirt. Yeah, oh, dude, I love that shirt. It's awesome. Yeah, I uh, dude. Yeah, I that was my favorite moment of the night was seeing Tony because I just he, I I just I do like a lot of people don't aren't as big of a fan of his as I am, but man, I just, I, I love Sean Shivani. He's I, so great. I personally think that he should be just as recognized as Jim Ross. He should be. And here's the thing. And I was explaining this to my kids is you think about it. How many decades has he commentated in? Right. You know, I mean, it's insane to think that, you know, he did stuff, you know, during the two hottest periods in wrestling that mid to late eighties and you know, the Monday night wars. He was an integral voice in both of those. And that it's kind of mind blowing to think about it. I think and, and go ahead. 
I think the only reason he isn't is because of his long break, whereas Ross kept working. And I, and, and I can agree on that, except for the fact that really once he stopped, you know, that was kind of when wrestling took the downturn. Right. For the most part, because I mean, uh, when WCW got bought out, everything after that, I mean, it was okay. But man, I mean, I don't know about you guys. My fandom definitely did not hold as strong um, as it was prior because things got very stale. There's no competition. Um, you know, you had that decent little period there where like SmackDown ruled the roost when you had Rey Mysterio and Edge and Batista. Uh, you know, that little period there was really great, but I just, I don't know. It just wasn't the same for me anymore. You know, don't, don't get hot landed. Don't get hot. He's talking about your ruthless aggression no. era. Hey, it's okay. It's what I'm watching right now. <laughs> well, Landon. I will say this though. He's speaking about the DX reunion era kind of stuff. And uh, there was a clip that popped up in my Facebook feed the other day. It was that one where Hunter and Sean were impersonating Vince and oh, Shane. Man. Classic. And dude, my I, I showed it to my oldest. I wasn't gonna let my youngest see it because he would be too immature about it. But I showed it to my oldest son, and he was like, just the Sean and the dancing around and just I remember the first time I saw that. I must have danced around my house like a goofball like that for like a week straight because it looked so stupid. My dad hated it. It was great. Hey, there you go. I'm not saying everything in that area was good because by no means was it. Uh, no. But I it, mean, they had, they had a child's custody in a ladder match. So Yeah. Hey, and we're going to get an exclusive Build-A-Figure about that. I can't believe they're doing that. I mean, I know people are really excited about that. Me, I'm just like, man, that was such a poor taste thing i just can't get on board with it i'm so excited about it because of what it is like because of how cheesy especially with how the head scan for dominic kind of looks scared yeah he's kind of like that's true like it's great yes that that is that is true but i don't know i just that whole angle was so just uh it it, i mean i'm wrong like i wasn't like disgusted by it but i just this is uh, this is this is bit overboard so i'm gonna make roger angry because he's already voiced his displeasure at this my favorite moment of the night was when i took a selfie with uh john moxley all right listen here sir (laughs) you're 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 just a lucky person in the right spot at the right time and i just happen to be the unfortunate victim of being the next section up you well, had a clear view of my seats. You know, I, and here's the thing is my seats were great. Like I can't even complain about that. And I was actually trying to explain this to um, my sons. Was they were like, Oh, why can't we be, you know, down on the floor like Jake? And I, myself, I've never been a fan of floor seats because your views obstructed. I had never sat on the floor for a big wrestling show before. Mm-hmm. So when we saw there were floor seats available, we jumped on them. No, and I don't, and I definitely um, understand the logic in that. Um, but so I was on, I had floor seats for a SmackDown taping one time, and I missed out on so much stuff because of what I could not see on the other sides of the ring. Yeah, that I like me, like I no wrong, like I don't want to be up, up, but that first section up off the floor, dude, give me anything in around that section right there. I'm golden. Like I love being able to have just that full view of everything. And it really adds to the enjoyment of it for me. Yeah. If you're not going to be 
if you're not going to have a stellar seat on the floor, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like front row on the floor. I mean, for me, I just, no, nah, just give me the next section. I mean, I it's the see same everything. with, with MMA. You either want to be front row where you can see through the cage or you want to be a couple rows back to where you can actually see into the cage. Oh yeah. Well, and it's not a problem for me because I'm six foot five and giant. Like, I don't have I was that. say you're the not vertically thing, challenged. The only thing that pissed me off all night was that there was some people that had um signs, giant DMD signs. And even whenever she wasn't in the match, they would hold it on hold them up. Of course. And so I was just like <clears throat> eventually I yelled, I was like, hey. She's not out here. Can y'all put them down? And <laughs> they put them down. But, you know, it was just like, come on. But that was my favorite. That was just me riling Roger up. Yeah, I, was, I, was very, I was very jealous of that. For my, sure. my favorite moment was finally with the full crowd getting to sing Judas. And just, uh, it was amazing. Goosebumps, even thinking about it. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, with the rumors of two internet heroes allegedly signing with AEW, if if it's true that uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, and CM Punk are signed with AEW, are we ever going to get CM Punk chance again? Oh yeah. Whenever he's, whenever he's not wrestling, are we, whenever I'm watching, let's say Roman versus Cena at SummerSlam, am I still going to get my CM Punk chance? Probably not. Well, well, here's the thing though, is that more often than not, you only really get that anymore. If they're in like Chicago, Chicago. Um, And I don't think so. I think again, if he's not there for some reason, I mean, unless they're relative to that region, I don't think it'll be, as much of a thing. I think I said this maybe on last week's episode, there was a meme where it's like, <clears throat> it was talking about edge coming out of retirement. It was like, imagine the excitement of the buzzer counting down to zero and hitting edge returns for the first time in 11 years to the screams of CM punk, CM punk, CM <laughs> punk. And it's like, it's one of those things to where it, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it has happened. It ruins yeah. wrestling crowds. It's like it's like and we we don't need to get into it because we talked about a lot last week about how uh like there are fun wrestling chants, there's like organic natural ones that need to happen, and then there's the people who what? who's like, Okay, I've got all my Stop. by chance on my phone what? and I need to I need to get them started. Yeah. It's the worst chant of all time. The what? I, I what <clears throat> <laughs> making my making my blood boil even doing that. Well, let's make your blood boil even more because AEW oh, oh. wasn't the only wrestling. Go ahead, go. Hold ahead. that thought. Match of the night was definitely Mox versus uh, Archer for me. I agree with that. It was right. it was arguably the best match of the night because that title change was completely incredible, and I was not expecting it in the slightest. And, and there were forks. I mean, dude, man. Who would have ever the, thought on national TV we would see someone get stabbed with a fork multiple in times? A wrestling match. Like in a very in a very vicious manner. Yes, absolutely. So multiple sorry about that. People get 
stabbed with a fork. D- didn't mean to cut you off, but it's that was okay. part of the question. Let, I just wanted let, to knock it out real quick. Let what me was ask on my you mind. this, Roger. Yeah. Murder Hawk Archer or fake rock and roll Lance Hoyt? Lance Archer. Good. You mean <laughs> like, you, like, you don't like, you like, don't like I don't think, I don't think. I don't think anybody enjoyed his run as Hoyt at all. But he came out with the the Guitar Hero guitar. I mean... That means he's over, right? No. No. He's over. I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was awful. I, I hard pass on the, on the Hoyt run. Good answer. Now, let's talk about something that we got to experience. The three of us. So, a couple of weeks ago, we got the news that a local Oklahoma promotion was going to have ECW legend and hardcore icon, the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal Sabu. And as soon as the word got out, wrestling. Yeah. They said he was going to wrestle. He was going to compete in like a monster's ball match or a street fight or something like that. And monsters ball. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, hey, they've had a monsters ball match in that room before. Hey, oh wow. I'm just, I could not imagine. There's not hardcore matches in Oklahoma. There are monsters balls matches. And we'll maybe that's a deep dive for another day. Um, but it was advertised Sabu in a non-traditional wrestling match. And so it's like, okay, we gotta go. Um, because why not? And so we've we've been counting down the days. Yeah. And so for me, being an ECW guy, I haven't, I haven't met a single person from ECW ever. And so I was, you can't say that anymore. Exactly. Well, maybe I don't. Has Landon seen the spoilers, Jake? Huh? Landon, have you seen the spoilers for this month's crate? Yes. Yes, I have. Bro, it is the best thing ever. It's, Come on, man. I know. So cool. You know how Sorry. badly I want to I want to be New Jack? Oh, that's you, my- you know what? <clears throat> I know that you want this. I'm not a hard man to find. Come- hey, there we go. Don't tell no, me. No, no rules death match. Arcadia <laughs> yeah. death match. Hey, there we go. I will not be cleared by the Athletic Commission to compete. But, Don't worry, I'll, I'll I'll cut you up and I'll throw you in Arcadia Lake and you'll get all kinds of like blood poisoning and stuff and you can say you're like the second coming of Onita. Hey, you know, let me let me rob a bank and get on meth for a little bit and then I'll I'll fit just right in the death match. The bank world. addicted dr- the bank addicted drug robber. Bank addicted drug robber. But <laughs> we thought before we get into that death match, we thought we were going to see some other extreme stuff. Um, unfortunately, we've joked about it. The allegedly the Oklahoma Athletic Commission did not clear Sabu to compete for one reason or another. <clears throat> so Sabu did not compete. So we we bounced pretty quickly. But I did get my ECW. Deep Impact DVD signed front and back by Sabu. Really cool. So that not really only cool. do I have a Sabu autograph, um, but I got it in person. The only other time I've come close to getting something um, 
autographed ECW wise for my collection was I don't Jake knows this Roger I don't know if I've ever told you I have two Smoky Mountain wrestling checks um, that were for Ricky and Robert like they're like they're actual pay stubs um, from a loop and so they're technically autographed by them and by Cornette but I also had the opportunity to get a new Jack one but it was purchased right underneath me and I, I've made multiple offers to the person who bought it. Um, How many double, do you have? I have two. I have uh, Ricky and Robert. Oh, so there's one, Ricky's on one, Robert's on the other? Yes. Hey, uh, you want a new Jack <laughs> autograph? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> if you get, Man, if, you, you that's that sounds wonderful. I would kill to have that. You, they'd go they'd go great next to my coronets I got up there. You want to know who I got them from? Oh, the Bushman, Mark Bushy. No way. Yeah, slid in his DMs, got him. Wanted the new Jack one. Never heard back, and then it was sold. <laughs> like I said, you uh, come haul at your boy, and uh, if you would decide you want that new Jack autograph, we may be talk talk turkey, bro. Because hey. those would go those would go really good with those mid south programs I got. Hey, they would, they would. As my. It was in that moment that I bought those that I was like, okay, I have to move from wrestling fan to historian. Hey, speaking of, you don't have any lines on getting a uh, 25th anniversary of Midnight Express book, do you? I do not. I wish. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. Like, I'm so regretful that I, I missed out on that. Dude, that's that's how I feel about all of those books. It's like, oh, look, that'd be awesome to get. And then they're sold out, and I was like, "Well, never mind. I can't." Yeah, ever you can't do even. Anything. You can't even. You can't even find that midnight book on second market at this point. Like oh, I've looked on eBay, no and nothing. You can't find it. It's ridiculous. It's almost like a like an urban legend at this point. Speaking of the urban legend, Drake Gallows was supposed to take on Sabu, but the match did not happen. Um, and so, just like you, you can't find those books on eBay and on the second market. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Sorry. You can find us on the the rest of the show. Um, it was like here here's the thing about local wrestling. It's not just for Oklahoma, it's for everywhere. It's either good, it's either bad, or it's either just crazy. And I would chalk this up as one of the 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 crazy attempts we got to have. Uh you'll see a little bit of the footage uh in our vlog. Um, just some of the sites we got to see, some of the things we got to experience. Like it was just a crazy event. It was cool that even though Sabu uh didn't wrestle, that he just chilled at his table and watched the entire card. I, I wish he would have done an, an interview or something, but I get it, you gotta obey. Cause Oklahoma, I've said this before, Oklahoma's athletic commission, it is very loose yet very strict at the same time. I thought he was playing Candy Crush. I don't think he was watching the show. Well, <laughs> it depends. He, he was actually, he was on. actually watching <clears throat> brothers and K Fabe. He was uh, the last, he was getting caught up. He was, he's oh, part that, of that's, he, You're right. That's what it was. He, he actually had the split screen going on. He had, you know, the pot on this screen and the other half of his screen was Farmville. So exactly. Um, hey. I heard, I heard, I heard it runs great on split screen for, for five bucks. You can watch what Sabu was watching. Yeah, that's true. Five bucks. 
for the low, low price. For the low, low price of five so, bucks. So we didn't end up staying. Are we even sure Sabu was the one over there? I don't know. Sabu was, which props to him uh, for being cautious with the the third or fourth or 100th uh, coming of COVID again. Um, he was wearing a very large bandana paired with his his headdress. It was just like, truth be told, there's no, <laughs> there's no way of telling who that was. I just... I'm not, saying I I'm not saying I could have worn it and passed a Sabu, but then again, I don't know. Maybe if like Sabu ate like 30 cheeseburgers, I could have passed for him. I've maybe. seen I've seen men that looks like look like they could pass for Sabu at my local Burger King. So I mean, you know, all you I gotta know. say is if you were the real Sabu, thank you for signing my dvd multiple times and please rate review and subscribe and more importantly support local wrestling right dang it if he wasn't sitting right next to the speaker and if i wasn't terrified he was going to ask for a fee we would have gotten an interview with him right so sign up to the patreon so we can afford to get interviews with (laughs) exactly your five dollars a month could go towards us getting some good, good interviews. So we leave the show, um, and we go home to watch GCW Homecoming. This is my first ever GCW show that I watched. I don't know about you guys. Um, what'd y'all think? My, it was my first ever GCW show. Um. And to be perfectly fair, unless uh, Matt Cardona's right, and it very well will be my last. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nope. Nope. This like was what my... you like and shut up. That's yeah. what I like to say. Exactly. That, hey, hey, don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> this was my first GCW show as well. Obviously, I've seen clips um, oh, for yeah. them being the ones who are responsible for Marco Stunt. Being in the business, it's it's hard for me to love him, but that's he was on the show too. I know. Don't remind me against um, Starboy Charlie. That's why whenever the Jurassic Express come out, I go like this over the TV just so I can. <laughs> I mean, you ain't got to do much. Like just the thumb would probably yeah, exactly. work. I cover up old, I cover <clears throat> up old stunted growth there and move on. I've always said I'd be cool with Mass Transit to featuring. <laughs> Oh my, oh my gosh! I <laughs> but, think we just—I think but, we just jumped the shark. Um, New, New Jacks in another life. Um, we hey, real talk. We were in another life as we dove, and I don't mean this necessarily to be offensive. Maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, we dove deep headfirst into Juggalo territory um, for GCW. <laughs> I don't think if. You're part of the ICP family. Family, you should be offended by that because chances are you probably like GCW. Because uh, GCW, there's there's wrestling fans and then there's GCW fans. Um, there's a reason. Man, I wish I had a pen. <laughs> there's a reason why they love uh, Nick Gage. Jake, what did you think? Because uh, we saw the majority of the card. Well, you saw all of it. What did you think about Two Cold Scorpio showing up? Oh my gosh. Okay. It was awesome seeing two cold store Scorpio be that out of shape, that old, 
and still move like he did when he was young. Um, Sorry, guys, I dropped something. I'm trying to pick it up. Dude, he's still hitting the. Uh, oh, it was like the moonsault leg drop or the moonsault leg drop. Yeah, like that's insane to me. How old is Two Cold Scorpio? That's what I'm pulling up right now. It was, it was great. I, you know, he's 55. He is 55. I enjoyed it. It's not my cup of tea. I will watch GCW again. I will have to be cold Scorpio again. It'll have to be a situation where I've got a lot of fight credits built up and can watch it very cheap. There you go. Hey, you know, it was, it was great. It was, you know, lots of blood. I could have done without the intermission. Yeah. But that's that because they had to clear the hepatitis from the ring. Yeah. So, you know, remember we had a Venn diagram of. I was um, literally, go- I was actually, I was literally um, thinking about that this morning when I woke up. Like, I forgot to draw up that Venn diagram for you guys. We, we, we put a lot of thought into that. We did. Then there yeah. was, then there was also this. So I'm going to see if my TV picks it up. Uh, there we go. That's good. There we Jake, go. So, Jake, keep keep holding it up. I'm going to... There we go. I'm what was that comment picture. that somebody in the major group made about that picture that that's too many teeth for a GCW yeah, fan? Yeah, come on. That's that's too many teeth for a GCW <clears throat> fan. And I'm just saying, if if the shoe fits... um, <laughs> I, There's really nothing else worth talking about that show except for the main event the only reason we watched it and that was uh beloved hero to us zach Ryder, formerly but now matt cardona stepping out of his element and jumping in head first literally as it was torn to shreds um into deathmatch wrestling against nick gage what nick. were your thoughts on whenever this match this match was actually starting to be set up like when cardona made it clear that he wanted this match to happen <clears throat> well personally i didn't expect what we got i figured it would probably be quick and it would probably be just a situation where matt was able to say i was in a death match what we got was a bloody, crazy mess that I never thought I would see Zach Ryder in. Now, it's just insane. Like, he does, he's even confessed that one of his biggest, like, no-nos is he doesn't like blood. And then to see him you know, bleeding like a pig out there. Like it was insane. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things to where it's like, okay, how is this going to play out? Because this is not his, we've never seen him do anything like this. You know, we've seen him in a steel cage match. We've seen him in a ladder match. Mm-hmm. He's probably been in a couple of extreme rules matches on ECW, but nothing remotely close uh to this. 
it was, I'm not going to say it's the greatest match of all time by any means, no. but the, just the natural storytelling that was there of Matt Cardona, who everyone in GCW hates because he was tan, he was in shape and he wants Has all his teeth. Yeah. He wants to, you know, people hate him because he wants to be the WWE poster boy. Right. He, you know, he wants to look like an action figure. Um, GCW wants you to look real life and relatable to them so that they feel better uh, about themselves. But it was just, it was crazy the amount of heat he got, not just online, but during the actual match at his entrance, like the way security was holding back all the people. And what we saw after the match, you know, if security wasn't there, it could have been ugly real quick. What'd you think, Roger? So, um, actually, for clarification, uh, I really enjoyed the match. Was not expecting that finish at all. I went in with a pretty much a preset notion that it was going to have either some kind of tomfoolery for the finish. Uh, and, you know, I know they don't really do DQs there because, you know, mud show style. But um, I definitely did not see Matt winning. So that was, you know, that threw me off big time. I, I was very happy with that result. But um, I can actually say this, and I, it's something I need to check out, is apparently, I guess prior to this match, he also did a match with EC3 for Free the Narrative. Yes, yes. Which and apparently was, was pretty brutal as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but I need I need to check it out. I know sure. there were thumbtacks involved with that match. I've not watched it either. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's right. So um, I, I I do want to check it out because I, from what I understand, I guess there was essentially bits of the story from that that kind of helped contribute to the story of this in a weird way, uh, which I'm all for. I like that kind of like continuity of story, even across different brands and, yeah, and different right. companies. Um, but the match itself, uh, kind of like you said, it wasn't the greatest match I've ever seen. Um but the storytelling to it, man, just like the heat from the crowd and the fact that, man, when that finish hit and it looked like Bash of the Beach 96 in that ring, I was just ecstatic with it. And there's there's screenshots of Jake alluded to it earlier as he's taking one of the P- he's drinking one of the PBRs that was thrown at him. There were full unopened cans thrown at him. Yeah. And there's even screenshots of pizza cutters being thrown yep. at him. And you can only imagine what would have happened if one of those had hit him. Oh, yeah. It would have been insane. Like, we would have been talking about people going to prison for attempted murder in a, in that situation. So, it, it, it was crazy, to say the least. Uh, but to echo what Roger said, it's so cool to see that kind of character development um, with Matt Cardona and you know we've always known him as the woo 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 guy and just the way that he's taken his career into his hands post WWE and just how it's evolving and it just makes me excited because what what's next oh yeah absolutely and I've always been such a huge fan of his even with, when he was within you know the confines of WWE and I was one of the ones that was really beat up and bummed out whenever they just completely killed his push flat right. with the whole Kane and Cena feud. And I mean, 
it, it was just so sad because I mean he had so much momentum, like it was unreal. And it was just one of those missed opportunities where the people wanted it and they just didn't, they weren't going to budge. And uh, it was unfortunately the casualty of that horrible creative system, uh, even with all that potential he has. And I think he really showed a lot of, um, you know, I guess grit and just kind of that, you know, attention to detail that you wouldn't expect. I mean, even down to him coming out wearing nothing but white. I mean, Come on. I mean, to, to have that kind of just small detail thinking going in, because you know you're going to come out of it and have the most badass pictures to take. And, I mean, dude, like, just those shots of him and that shirt is completely red. Yeah. He I mean, walked in dude, wearing white and left wearing red. That, that, that imagery is almost iconic at this point in a weird way. I mean, obviously not on, like, a, a national level necessarily, but in terms of if you pay attention to the – the broader scope of wrestling, whether it's independent or not. I mean, you see that and just, it's so cool. I mean, it's so cool. They, they ended up making a, you know, red variant of that shirt yeah. for pro wrestling tees. So if you get, in case you wanted the bloody version and I mean, just, it, it was so good. And um, like I said, I mean, obviously you guys are fans of his too, but just seeing him be able to venture out and get some level of success and kind of do his own thing now, is is very gratifying uh because you know i, I kind of had i mean it's i mean obviously this isn't the same level uh but when they announced that christian signed with aew like i was just as excited for that too because i knew he was going to get to go out and do things that he'd otherwise be compressed you know i i was dreading him re-signing with wwe uh i mean because to be fair i mean i i've not been really thrilled with the way they've booked edge since you know he resigned and well, you know come back as as an active performer, um, I, I was very vocal with my dismay and the results from the Mania match in, in that regard too. I just feel like they just really miss a lot of opportunities they could take if they would just you know they always say oh we're listening to the fans and um, unfortunately uh, Zach Ryder was one of those you know casualties of them not listening to the fans and I feel like even now. Uh, you know what that that run with him was what six seven years ago maybe longer, and here it is you know all these years later and they still don't listen and it's just uh, it's kind of sad but it's it's very satisfying to see him really making it on his own and doing what he wants to do. Well, I'm gonna leave y'all with this. I've actually got to leave. I'm getting called into work right now, but um, I'm gonna leave y'all with this. Matt Cardona is a world champion. Yep. That he is. So, I'll let you guys take it home. Roger, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, absolutely, I'm excited. I'm excited to put this one out. So, all uh, guys, you can uh, find me at uh, Real Jake Keel on uh, Twitter and Instagram and like, review, uh, subscribe, and like this uh, podcast. So, I'm out, guys. Sorry. A little no, it's work all emergency good. going on. But, no worries. Uh, Happy to take it home for you. Hey, See that's you guys. what happens when you work in Oklahoma and you work for weather, weather business. Rainstorms. Well, <laughs> yeah, big storms. That's right. Well, yeah, just to, as we get ready to wrap up, just to echo what you said again, um, it's refreshing to see something organic and natural like this. I'd encourage, because I know people either love Zack Ryder slash Matt Cardona or they hated him and still hate him. I'd say this. If you're not a fan of him, 
now's the time to give it a second chance because what he, I think out of everyone in the wrestling scene now, I think he's working the hardest to redefine who he is and really showcase his potential. And I'm right there with you. I'm stoked to see what Christian does in AEW. Um, like truth be told, uh, Real, I really didn't check much at what AEW was doing just because I was so burnt out on it. And then with Christian signing, it was like, okay, I'm going to watch this because I know what Christian has left to prove and what he wants to prove. Because I, I, one of the reasons I'm such a TNA, not an impact, but such a TNA fan is because the Christians run there. Oh, yeah. And getting to see what he actually was as a world champion and, and see him as a, t- as a top guy like that. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I don't think we need to talk about GCW anymore other than um, if you can check out even just highlights of that, uh, the match of Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona for the GCW world title, I would encourage it. Uh, it is graphic because it is a death match, but just to see the way Zach, Ryder now Matt Cardona has uh, just transformed into this different person and also his lawyer Mark Sterling uh, he showed up on night two of the pay-per-view and gave an incredible incredible promo I've um, yet to get to watch that I've, I've got to I've got to I've got to get that talk knocked out since we get off of this <laughs> it's it, it's so worth it let me know if you need uh, a link to it or not but it's incredible uh, Uh, I've said this a lot here on the podcast that there's not a lot of real heels in wrestling the last couple of years because everybody wants to wants to be the cool heel. Uh, I think of it kind of like NWO. You don't want real heat to where people aren't going to watch if you're on TV. People, you know, they, they want some heat so they can be billed as a bad guy but they still want you to get on pro wrestling tees and buy their shirt. But having guys like Matt Cardona and Mark Sterling to where it's like, Hey, like, yeah, try and punch me out while I'm walking to the ring or leaving the ring. It's, you know, going back to Jim Crockett days and, and even mid South, just like what real heat was. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, it's funny that you mentioned Mark because uh, something we didn't talk about was during the Dynamite tapings that me and Jake went to, you know, Mark was there during, uh, I believe he came out during Dark and he just he was just out there doing a promo and it was pure heel all the way. Just, you know, your typical cut down the town you're in, talk down to all the people. And it was wonderful. And that's why when I heard that he was going to be speaking at GCW, I lit up like a Christmas tree and I'm so excited to see it. I bet it was so good because if it was half as good as what he did on his dark promo, uh, when he was out there with that Jade Cargill, uh, it's, it's going to be great. I, I think you'll love it. I'll just say this. It doesn't spoil anything, but he treats the GCW universe as if he was talking to a rowdy kindergarten class. And it's amazing. That is fantastic. <clears throat> And, and that's the thing. If you guys check out our vlog um, that is live, Jake posted the link to it in our Facebook group. So go there to check it out. In that vlog, there is a snippet of Mark Sterling talking about Texas barbecue 
And I think you guys will enjoy it. I'll, I'll say it like this. Um, one of my favorite moments I saw live was at a raw in Oklahoma and Randy Orton said the Oklahoma Sooners suck and everyone was booing and I sat there and I no, clapped because I was like, I love that so much. Oh uh, yeah. We need more real heels. We need more. We need people that I'm going to pay because I want to see them get beat and to lose. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, um, you know, MJF's kind of like that. And I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of weird. I'm uh, with his current positioning in AEW. Like I, I'm just, I'm kind of just dying for them to separate him from this inner circle stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like once he's away from that, I think he's really going to get a lot of traction and he's going to do incredible things. Cause man, like when he actually gets to the point where he can sit there and talk and the guy's got chops, man. I mean, he can talk, he can, he, he, he doesn't care. And it's just, he's got that very old school heel mentality. I mean, obviously he has to still work within the confines of, you know, management and, you know, booking and everything else. Um, but MJF's one of my favorites. He's, I think he's tremendous. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> what I love is, uh, and you've seen it before, the people who they go to his autograph signings and MJF flips off their kid or like does such a sloppy job on his autograph or like won't smile or post for the photos. Oh, yeah. And the people that are like, this is ridiculous. I hope he loses his job for the way he's treating uh, the people who made him. And it's like, no, like he's That's doing his job. his job. Yeah. Uh, that's the uh, thing is it's, it's, it's an art form man and <clears throat> really if like to have that dedication to it and i mean essentially keeping kayfabe you know yeah just, that's what it is and i i really do wish more people had uh you know that uh another person that is kind of running i mean you're wrong like i know that he still does like appearances and he's somewhat friendly um but jay white is a pretty solid heel in that regard too just real jerk you know honestly um and it really unless he's doing like a signing or something as far as his social media goes and everything else he doesn't jump on there and say oh hey i was hanging out with my friends and we had a birthday party you know he's he's you know cutting promos and dumping on people and i, I that's another guy that man if, if you know nothing about jay white check out some jay white stuff especially from the last like year or two Whew. yeah Switchblade is the man and love it, switchblade and that's how it should be Bad guys, heels, they shouldn't, you shouldn't see them and be like, man, like, I want to start acting like I'm going to start wearing their shirt. They should be like, man, I can't wait to see him get his teeth kicked in. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, those are the best kind. And that's what made, you know, things so great, you know, when heels were heels in like the 80s with the, you know, Mid-South and Crockett stuff. Uh, and I mean, that's what made the Midnight Express so, you know, hated uh, between them and Cornette just. I mean, heal just real heat. All those stories about you know the riots in Tulsa, and you know having to carry weapons with you to make sure you weren't going to get you know assaulted. And I mean, that's heat, and there's nothing like that anymore. It's just it's it's kind of crazy to think that you know now it's so watered down, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh I this is how I want to end the show. I I think we've talked about it before, but fans. Listeners, if you made it this far, here's a treat for you. Get on YouTube and search Dusty Rhodes attacked by the four horsemen 
at Crockett's office. It's one of my uh. favorite segments of all time. It's like a snuff film. Uh, they follow Dusty. They trail him in their car. They jump him as he's getting ready to go in Jim Crockett's office. Time up to the side of a work truck, and they snap his arm with a baseball bat. So, have you ever heard the the story, the the <clears throat> the, the theory on that whole incident? No. So, okay, so when that's about to go down, Dusty says, "Make it good." And a lot of people for a long time thought, "Oh, well, he's just calling the spot and you know trying to you know tell him to you know make it look all right." No, what it was that you know that was an old saying that John Wayne would use. You know, you know, old cowboys use, you know, go hit me, make it good. Yeah. And that's what that was. And a lot, but a lot of people thought it was him like basically calling out the scene. And it's like, no, it was him playing the playing the tough cowboy. The, and that fits so well. Good. That fits yeah, so, so well yeah, with if, Dusty. If, if yeah, if you watch that, you'll hear him call it out. And it's like, ah, oh, that's a little nice little nugget there. And and yeah, that was definitely so dusty, man. I mean, he was uh as, as you know, I don't wrong. Like I, I, I see the flaws with Dusty in some aspects, uh, but I've always been a big Dusty fan. He's just such a bright, just out there character, and he was one of those people who was able to overcome any, you know, issues with you know not looking like the next guy. Like one of my favorite Dusty lines ever was he's talking about Ric Flair, and he said, um, "I may not look like a world champion or a bodybuilder. That's because." I like the nightlife a little bit more than I like the gym. Hey, and I was like, go. that is it right there. Oh. And I just, that's dusty and, you know, right there all together. And I just, uh, yeah, I love that stuff. It's all so good. And yeah. And Jip, I means if you've never seen that, that four horsemen, dusty segment, check it out. It is, it is legendary. It's, it led up to one of the biggest feuds in Crockett history and uh, highly recommend it. Absolutely. It's so good. Well, Roger, do you have anything you would like to plug before we go home? Absolutely. Uh, and kind of as I you know, talked about at the beginning of the show when I did a little bit of an introduction, um, I have a YouTube channel where I unbox um, action figures, wrestling toys, um, all, all kinds of stuff. I do reviews on them. I also do pack openings. I collect, you know, sports cards, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, all kinds of crazy things. Just, you know, I, I try to share my love and enjoyment of, you know, my hobby as well as give reviews on things on newer products and even reviews on old stuff that you may not be able to get anymore that maybe you've been eyeballing that really awesome old action figure and thought, man, that'd be really cool to have my collection, but is it really that nice? Well, I'm there to answer that question for you as well. So you can find me with those videos over on YouTube at Collecting Raj. Also under the same brand name, you can follow me over on Instagram. There I'll have links to those videos as well, as well as, um, I'm sorry, double take. Take a hey, shot. Take a shot. Take a shot. There you go. Uh, as well as uh, pictures of some stuff that I just don't really have the time to take videos for. Uh, and then also, I just started my podcast this week, the Collecting Raj podcast. You can find it on Spotify. And I believe you can also find it on Google Podcasts as well. Uh, it may be on a Apple Podcasts fairly soon. We'll kind of see uh, how things go. Uh, and it's just kind of a, a short format uh, podcast kind of covering, you know, current events with, um, you know, action figure releases, wrestling, you know, things in pop culture, a little bit of everything. Uh, it's just one more thing to add on to my list of things to kind of keep me busy and keep me crazy. And then kind of something I am plugging right now is through the YouTube channels with my Instagram is that, uh, once I reach hundred subscribers and yes, again, as I've said, I know the number's low, but I'm 
understand this is all a marathon, not a race. Exactly. Uh, is that once I get once I get to 100 subscribers through the YouTube channel, I will be doing a full blown tour of the toy room behind me, which is pretty vast, um, and give a little bit more of a detailed breakdown of what I have, what I actually collect. Um, you know, and kind of go over the history of my uh, life with collecting, which is, you know, pretty much been since I was about six all the way up until now. Uh, so I've got a lot of history I can divulge there. But yeah, check me out, Collecting Raj, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, through wherever you find your, you know, podcast that you listen to. Well, awesome. Roger, thank you again so much for being a brother with us today. RIP Jake for, for not being with us. Hey. Thank you again. For those of you who are listening, thank you for making it this far. Remember to check us out on Facebook, Brothers in Kayfabe. You can be a part of our group there. You can see the link to our vlog. I put a lot of work into it, so I think you guys will enjoy it. There's some Easter eggs in there, too, for listeners of the pod. Check us out. iTunes, Spotify, really anywhere you can find podcasts. You guys will be listening to this on Tuesday, so enjoy it. We're here. We'll be back next week with Another great episode of the Brothers in Cafe podcast from Jake, from Landon, from Roger. Let's get some two sweets. Two, two. sweet, sweet for life. So we are at American Legion Post 170 here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. I'm about to watch what I assume is pro wrestling because Sabu's going to be here. So we're going to see what this is. I've been to a show here before, but not for uh, this company. So I'm very interested in what we're about to see. Uh, Landon is behind the camera. Our buddy Raj is over here. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Raj. We're going to talk to Roger later, but um, yeah, so here we are, and it's about the crowd you'd expect. So let's let's go on in. Let's see what's up. Let's see what's going on. Jake, uh, why don't you tell everyone what we're doing right now? So we are leaving and going to go home and watch GCW instead because they advertised that Sabu was going to be wrestling, which is the only reason we decided to come. Um, and Sabu is not wrestling, and they announced that right as the first match started. Yeah, they did say that read into this what you want. They claim that uh, the athletic commission for the states did not uh, approve of Sabu wrestling. Oklahoma in some aspects has a, has a tightly run one, but they also have a very loosely run one. 
I don't believe it for a second. Yeah. Um, I got this, so I'm satisfied. So we are going home. We're going to go order GCW. This just shows how much I didn't care besides Sabu. I don't like death matches, and we're getting ready to go order a death match pay-per-view. So uh, we're going to go watch GCW instead, and uh, maybe we'll vlog from my couch. So Yeah. But hey, it was the experience, right? The experience.